the twelfth book of the odysseys of homer this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by phil schempf the twelfth book of the odysseys of homer translated by george chapman the argument he shows from hell his safe retreat to the isle Eia, circe's seat and how he scaped the sirens calls with the erring rocks and waters falls that scylla and charybdis break the sun-stolen herds and his sad wreck both of ulysses ship and men his own head scaping scarce the pain another argument mew the rocks that aired the sirens call the sun-stolen herd the soldiers fall our ship now passed the straits of the ocean flood she ploughed the broad sea's billows and made good the isle Eia, where the palace stands of the early riser with the rosy hands act of aurora where she loves to dance and where the sun doth his prime beams advance when here arrived we drew her up to land and trod ourselves the re-saluted sand found on the shore fit resting for the night slept and expected the celestial light soon as the white and red mixed fingered dame had gilt the mountains with her saffron flame i sent my men to circe's house before to fetch deceased alpinor to the shore straight swelled the high banks with felled heaps of trees and full of tears we did do exequies to our dead friend whose corse consumed with fire and honoured arms whose sepulchre entire and over that a column raised his oar curiously carved to his desire before upon the top of all his tomb we fixed of all rites fit his funeral pile was mixed nor was our safe ascent from hell concealed from circe's knowledge nor so soon revealed but she was with us with her bread and food and ruddy wine brought by her sacred brood of woods and fountains in the midst she stood and thus saluted us unhappy men that have informed with all your senses been in pluto's dismal mansion you shall die twice now where others that mortality in her fair arms holds shall but once decease but eat and drink out all conceit of these and this day dedicate to food and wine the following night to sleep when next shall shine the cheerful morning you shall prove the seas your way and every act ye must address my knowledge of their order shall design lest with your own bad counsels ye incline events as bad against ye and sustain by sea and shore the woeful ends that reign in woeful actions thus did she advise and for the time our fortunes were so wise to follow wise directions all that day we sat and feasted when his lower way the sun had entered and the even the high my friends slept on their gables she and i led by her fair hand to place apart by her well sorted did to sleep convert our timid powers when all things fate let fall in our affair she asked i told her all to which she answered these things thus took end and now to those that i inform attend which you remembering god himself shall be the blessed author of your memory first to the sirens ye shall come that taint the minds of all men whom they can acquaint with their attractions whosoever shall 
for want of knowledge moved but hear the call of any siren he will so despise both wife and children for their sorceries that never home turns his affection stream nor they take joy in him nor he in them the sirens will so soften with their song shrill and insensual appetite so strong his loose affections that he gives them heed and then observe they sit amidst a mead and round about it runs a hedge or wall of dead men's bones their withered skins in all hung all along upon it and these men were such as they had fawned into their fen and then their skins hung on their hedge of bones sail by them therefore thy companions beforehand causing to stop every ear with sweet soft wax so close that none may hear a note of all their charmings yet may you if you affect it open ear allow to try their motion but presume not so to trust your judgment when your senses go so loose about you but give straight command to all your men to bind you foot and hand sure to the mast that you may safe approve how strong in instigation to their love their rapting tunes are if so much they move that spite of all your reason your will stands to be enfranchised both of feet and hands charge all your men before to slight your charge and rest so far from fearing to enlarge that much more sure they bind you when your friends have outsailed these the danger that transcends rests not in any counsel to prevent unless your own mind finds the tract and bent of that way that avoids it i can say that in your course there lies a twofold way the right of which your own taught present wit and grace divine must prompt in general yet let this inform you near these sirens shore move two steep rocks at whose feet lie and roar the black sea's cruel billows the blessed gods call them the rovers their abhorred abodes no bird can pass no not the doves whose fear sire jove so loves that they are said to bear ambrosia to him can their rapine scape but one of them falls ever to the rape of those sly rocks yet jove another still adds to the rest that so may ever fill the sacred number never ship could shun the nimble peril wing there but did run with all her bulk and bodies of her men to utter ruin for the seas retain not only their outrageous easture there but fierce assistance of particular fear and supernatural mischief they expire and those are whirlwinds of devouring fire whisking about still the argive ship alone which bore the care of all men got her gone come from arita yet perhaps even she had racked at those rocks if the deity that lies by jove's side had not lent her hand to their transmission since the man that manned in chief that voyage she in chief did love of these two spiteful rocks the one doth shove against the height of heaven her pointed brow a black cloud binds it round and never show lends to the sharp point not the clear blue sky lets ever view it not the summer's eye nor fervent autumn's none that death could end could ever scale it or if up descend though twenty hands and feet he had for hold of polished ice like glibness doth enfold the rock so round whose midst a gloomy cell shrouds so far westward that it sees to hell from this keep you as far as from his bow an able young man can his shaft bestow for here the walling scylla shrouds her face 
that breathes a voice at all parts no more base than are a newly kittened kitling's cries herself a monster yet of boundless size whose sight would nothing please a mortal's eyes no nor the eyes of any god if he whom not should fright fell foul on her and she her full shape showed twelve foul feet bear about her ugly bulk six huge long necks look out of her rank shoulders every neck doth let a ghastly head out every head three set thick thrust together of abhorred teeth and every tooth struck with a sable death she lurks in midst of all her den and streaks from out a ghastly whirlpool all her necks where gloating round her rock to fish she falls and up rush dolphins dogfish some whiles whales if got within her when a rapine feeds forever groaning amphitrite breeds about her whirlpool an unmeasured store no seaman ever boasted touch of shore that there touched with his ship but still she fed on him and his a man for every head spoiling his ship of you shall then descry the other humbler rock that moves so nigh your dart may meet the distance it receives a huge wild fig tree curled with ample leaves beneath whose shade divine charybdis sits supping the black deeps thrice a day her pits she drinking all dry and thrice a day again all up she belches baneful to sustain when she is drinking dare not near her draught for not the force of neptune if once caught can force your freedom therefore in your strife to scape charybdis labor all for life to row near scylla for she will but have for her six heads six men and better save the rest than all make offerings to the wave this need she told me of my loss when i desired to know if that necessity when i had scaped charybdis's outrages my powers might not revenge though not redress she answered o unhappy art thou yet inflamed with war and thirst to drink thy sweat not to the gods give up both arms and will she deathless is and that immortal ill grave harsh outrageous not to be subdued that men must suffer till they be renewed nor lives there any virtue that can fly the vicious outrage of their cruelty shouldst thou put arms on and approach the rock i fear six more must expiate the shock six heads six men ask still hoist sail and fly and in thy flight aloud on kratus cry great scylla's mother who exposed to light the bane of men and she will do such right to thy observance that she down will tread her daughter's rage nor let her show ahead from thenceforth then for ever past her care thou shalt ascend the island triangular where many oxen of the sun are fed and fatted flocks of oxen fifty head in every herd feed and their herds are seven and of his fat flocks is their number even increase they yield not for they never die there every shepherdess a deity fair Phithusa and lampetia the lovely nymphs are that their guardians be who to the daylight's lofty going flame had gracious birthright from the heavenly dame still young naira who brought forth and bred far off dismissed them to see duly fed their father's herds and flocks in sicily these herds and flocks if to the deity ye leave as sacred things untouched and on go with all fit care of your home alone though through some sufferance 
you yet safe shall land in wished ithaca but if impious hand you lay on those herds to their hurts i then presage sure ruin to thy ship and men if thou escapest thyself extending home thy longed-for landing thou shalt loaded come with store of losses more exceeding late and not consorted with a saved mate this said the golden throned aurora rose she her way went and i did mine dispose up to my ship weighed anchor and away when reverend circe helped us to convey our vessel safe by making well inclined a seaman's true companion a forewind with which she filled our sails when fitting all our arms close by us i did sadly fall to grave relation what concerned in fate my friends to know and told them that the state of our affair success which circe had presaged to me alone must yet be made to one nor only two known but to all that since their lives and deaths were left to fall in their elections they might life elect and give what would preserve it fit effect i first informed them that we were to fly the heavenly singing sirens harmony and flower adorned meadows and that i had charged to hear their song but fettered fast in bands unfavoured to the erected mast from whence if i should pray or use command to be enlarged they should with much more band contain my strugglings this i simply told to each particular nor would withhold what most enjoin mine own affection stay that theirs the rather might be taught to obey in meantime flew our ships and straight we fetched the siren's isle a spleenless wind so stretched her wings to waft us and so urged our keel but having reached this isle we could not feel the least grasp of it it was stricken dead and all the sea in prostrate slumber spread the siren's devil charmed all up then flew my friends to work struck sail together drew and under hatches stowed them sat and plied the polished oars and did in curls divide the white head waters my part then came on a mighty waxen cake i set upon chopped it in fragments with my sword and wrought with strong hand every piece till all were soft the great power of the sun in such a beam as then flew burning from his diadem to liquefaction helped us orderly i stopped their ears and they as fair did ply my feet and hands with cords and to the mast with other halsers made me soundly fast then took they seat and forth our passage struck the foamy sea beneath their labour shook rode on in reach of an erected voice the sirens soon took note without our noise tune those sweet accents that made charm so strong and these learned numbers made the sirens song come here thou worthy of a world of praise that dost so high the grecian glory raise ulysses stay thy ship and that song here that none passed ever but it bent his ear but left him ravished and instructed more by us than any ever heard before for we know all things whatsoever were in wide troy laboured whatsoever there the grecians and the trojans both sustained by those high issues that the gods ordained and whatsoever all the earth can show to inform a knowledge of desert we know this they gave accent in the sweetest strain that ever opened an enamoured vein when my constrained heart needs would have mine ear yet more delighted forced way forth than here 
to which end i commanded with all sign stern looks could make for not a joint of mine had power to stir my friends to rise and give my limbs free way they freely strive to drive their ship still on when far from will to loose eurylochus and perimedes rose to wrap me surer and oppressed me more with many a hawser than had use before when rowing on without the reach of sound my friends unstopped their ears and me unbound and that isle quite we quitted but again fresh fears employed us i beheld a mane of mighty billows and a smoke ascend a horrid murmur hearing every friend astonished sat from every hand his oar fell quite forsaken with the dismal roar were all things there made echoes stone still stood our ship itself because the ghastly flood took all men's motions from her in their own i through the ship went labouring up and down my friends recovered spirits one by one i gave good words and said that well were known these ills to them before i told them all and that these could not prove more capital than those the cyclops blocked us up in yet my virtue wit and heavenly helped counsel set their freedoms open i could not believe but they remembered it and wished them give my equal care and means now equal trust the strength they had for stirring up they must rouse and extend to try if jove had laid his powers in theirs up and would add his aid to scape even that death in particular then i told our pilot that past other men he most must bear firm spirits since he swayed the continent that all our spirits conveyed in his whole guide of her he saw there boil the fiery whirlpools that to all our spoil enclosed a rock without which he must steer or all our ruins stood concluded there all heard me and obeyed and little knew that shunning that rock six of them should rue the rack another hid for i concealed the heavy wounds that would never be healed to be by Sella opened for their fear would then have robbed all of all care to steer or stir an oar and made them hide beneath when they and all had died an idle death but then even i forgot to shun the harm circe forewarned who willed i should not arm nor show myself to Sella, lest in vain i ventured life yet could not i contain but armed at all parts and two lances took up to the foredeck went and thence did look that rocky Scylla would have first appeared and taken my life with the friends i feared from thence yet no place could afford her sight though through the dark rock mine eye threw her light and ransacked all ways i then took a strait that gave myself and some few more receipt twixt Scylla and charybdis whence we saw how horridly charybdis throat did draw the brackish sea up which when all aboard she spit out again never cauldron sawed with so much fervour fed with all the store that could enrage it all the rock did roar with troubled waters round about the tops of all the steep crags flew the foamy drops but when her draught the sea and earth dissundered the troubled bottoms turned up and she thundered far under shore the swart sands naked lay whose whole stern sight the startled blood did fray from all our faces and while we on her our eyes bestowed thus to our ruins fear six friends had Scylla snatched out of our keel in whom most loss did force and virtue feel when looking to my ship and lending eye to see my friends estates 
their heels turned high and hands cast up i might discern and hear their calls to me for help when now they were to try me in their last extremities and as an angler medicine for surprise of little fish sits pouring from the rocks from out the crooked horn of a full-bred ox and then with his long angle hoists them high up to the air then slightly hurls them by when helpless sprawling on the land they lie so easily scylla to her rock had wrapped my woeful friends and so unhelped untrapped struggling they lay beneath her violent rape who in their tortures desperate of escape shriek as she tore and up their hands to me still threw for sweet life i did never see in all my sufferance ransacking the seas a spectacle so full of miseries thus having fled these rocks these cruel dames scylla charybdis where the king of flames hath offerings burned to him our ship put in the island that from all the earth doth win the epithet faultless where the broad of head the famous oxen for the sun are fed with many fat flocks of that high gone god set in my ship mine ear reached where we rode the bellowing of oxen and the bleat of fleecy sheep that in my memory seat put up the forms that late had been impressed by dread eean circe and the best of souls and prophets the blind theban seer the wise tiresias who was grave decreer of my return's whole means of which this one in chief he urged that i should always shun the island of the man delighting sun when sad at heart for our late loss i prayed my friends to hear fit counsel though dismayed with all ill fortunes which was given to me by circe's and tiresias's prophecy that i should fly the isle where was adored the comfort of the world for ills abhorred were ambushed for us there and therefore willed they should put off and leave the isle this killed their tender spirits when eurylochus a speech that vexed me uttered answering thus cruel ulysses since thy nerves abound in strength the more spent and no toils confound thy able limbs as all beat out of steel thou ablest us too as unapt to feel the teeth of labour and the spoil of sleep and therefore still wet waste us in the deep nor let us land to eat but madly now in night put forth and leave firm land to strew the sea with errors all the rabid flight of winds that ruin ships are bred in night who is it that can keep off cruel death if suddenly should rush out the angry breath of notus or the eager spirited west that cuffs ships dead and do the gods their best serve black night still with shore meat sleep and ease and offer to the morning for the seas this all the rest approved and then knew i past all doubt the devil did apply his slaughterous works nor would they be withheld i was but one nor yielded but compelled but all that might contain them i essayed a sacred oath on all their powers i laid that if with herds or any richest flocks we chanced to encounter neither sheep nor ox we once should touch nor for that constant ill that follows folly scorn advice and kill but quiet sit us down and take such food as the immortal circe had bestowed they swore all this in all severest sort and then we anchored in the winding port near a fresh river where the longed for shore they all flew out to took in victuals store and being full thought of their friends and wept their loss by scylla weeping till they slept 
in night's third part when stars began to stoop the cloud assembler put a tempest up a boisterous spirit he gave it drave out all his flocks of clouds and let such darkness fall that earth and seas for fear to hide were driven for with his clouds he thrust out night from heaven at morn we drew our ships into a cave in which the nymphs that phoebus cattle drave fair dancing-rooms had and their seats of state i urged my friends then that to shun their fate they would observe their oath and take the food our ship afforded nor attempt the blood of those fair herds and flocks because they were the dreadful gods that all could see and hear they stood observant and in that good mind had we been gone but so adverse the wind stood to our passage that we could not go for one whole month perpetually did blow impetuous notice not a breath's repair but his in Eurus's ruled in all the air as long yet as their ruddy wine and bread stood out amongst them so long not a head of all those oxen fell in any strife amongst those students for the gut and life but when their victuals failed they fell to pray necessity compelled them then to stray in rape of fish and fowl whatever came in reach of hand or hook the belly's flame afflicted to it i then fell to prayer and making to a close retreat repair free from both friends and winds i washed my hands and all the gods besought that held commands in liberal heaven to yield some mean to stay their desperate hunger and set up the way of our return restrained the gods instead of giving what i prayed for power of deed a deedless sleep did on my lids distill for mean to work upon my friends their fill for whiles i slept there waked no mean to curb their headstrong wants which he that did disturb my rule in chief at all times and was chief to all the rest in counsel to their grief knew well and of my present absence took his fit advantage and their iron struck at highest heat for feeling their desire in his own entrails to allay the fire that famine blew in them he thus gave way to that affection hear what i say though words will staunch no hunger every death to us poor wretches that draw temporal breath you know is hateful but all know to die the death of famine is a misery past all death loathsome let us therefore take the chief of this fair herd and offerings make to all the deathless that in broad heaven live and in particular vow if we arrive in natural ithaca to straight erect a temple to the haughty in aspect rich and magnificent and all within deck it with relics many and divine if yet he stands incensed since we have slain his high-browed herd and therefore will sustain desire to rack our ship he is but one and all the other gods that we atone with our divine rites will their suffrage give to our designed return and let us live if not and all take part i rather crave to serve with one sole death the yawning wave than in a desert isle lie and sterve and with one pined life many deaths observe all cried he counsels nobly and all speed made to the resolute driving for the feed of those coal-black fair broad-browed sun-loved beeves had place close by our ships they took the leaves of sense most eminent about their fall stood round and to the states celestial made solemn vows but other rites their ship could not afford them 
they did therefore strip the curled head oak of fresh young leaves to make supply of service for their barley cake and on the sacredly inflamed for wine poured purest water all the parts divine spitting and roasting all the rites beside orderly using then did light divide my low and upper lids when my repair made near my ship i met the delicate air their roast exhaled out instantly i cried and said o jove and all ye deified ye have oppressed me with a cruel sleep while ye conferred on me a loss as deep as death descends to to themselves alone my rude men left ungoverned they have done a deed so impious i stand well assured that you will not forgive though ye procured then flew lampetia with the ample robe up to her father with the golden globe ambassadress to inform him that my men had slain his oxen heart insensate then he cried revenge me father and the rest both ever living and forever blessed ulysses impious men have drawn the blood of those my oxen that it did me good to look on walking all my starry round and when i trod earth all with meadows crowned without your full amends i leave heaven quite dis and all the dead adorning with my light the cloud-herd answered son thou shalt be ours and light those mortals in that mine of flowers my red-hot flash shall graze but on their ship and eat it burning in the boiling deep this by calypso i was told and she informed it from the verger mercury come to our ship i chid and told by name each man how impiously he was to blame but chiding got no peace and beeves were slain when straight the gods forewent their following pain with dire ostents the hides the flesh had lost crept all before them as the flesh did roast it bellowed like the ox itself alive and yet my soldiers did their dead beeves drive through all these prodigies in daily feasts six days they banqueted and slew fresh beasts and when the seventh day jove reduced the wind that all the month raged and so in did bind our ship and us was turned and calmed and we launched put up masts sails hoised and to sea the island left so far that land nowhere but only sea and sky had power to appear jove fixed a cloud above our ship so black that all the sea it darkened yet from rack she ran a good free time till from the west came zephyr ruffling forth and put his breast out in a singing tempest so most vast it burst the gables that made sure our mast our masts came tumbling down our cattle down rushed to the pump and by our pilot's crown the mainmast passed his fall pashed all his skull and all this rack but one flaw made it full off from the stern the sternsman diving fell and from his sinews flew his soul to hell together all this time jove's thunder chid and through and through the ship his lightning glid till it embraced her round her bulk was filled with nasty sulphur and her men were killed tumbled to sea like sea mews swum about and there the date of their return was out i tossed from side to side still till all broke her ribs were with the storm and she did choke with let-in surges for the mass torn down tore her up piecemeal and for me to drown left little undissolved but to the mast there was a leather thong left which i cast about it and the keel and so sat tossed with baneful weather 
till the west had lost his stormy tyranny and then arose the south that bred me more abhorred woes for back again his blasts expelled me quite on ravenous charybdis all that night i tottered up and down till light and i at scylla's rock encountered and the nigh dreadful charybdis as i drave on these i saw charybdis supping up the seas and had gone up together if the tree that bore the wild figs had not rescued me to which i leaped and left my keel and high chambering upon it did as closely imply my breast about it as a rera mouse could yet might my feet on no stub fasten hold to ease my hands the roots were crept so low beneath the earth and so aloft did grow the far-spread arms that though good height i gat i could not reach them to the main bow flat i therefore still must cling till up again she belched my mast and after that amain my keel came tumbling so at length it chanced to me as to a judge that long advanced to judge a sort of hot young fellows jars at length time frees him from their civil wars when glad he riseth and to dinner goes so time at length released with joys my woes and from charybdis's mouth appeared my keel to which my hand now loosed and now my heel i altogether with a huge noise dropped just in her midst fell where the mast was propped and there rode off with oars of my hands god and man's father would not from her sands let scylla see me for i then had died that bitter death that my poor friend supplied nine days at sea i hovered the tenth night in the isle ogygia where about the bright and right renowned calypso i was cast by power of deity where i lived embraced with love and feasts but why should i relate those kind occurrence i should iterate what i in part to your chaste queen and you so late imparted and for me to grow a talker over of my tale again were past my free contentment to sustain end of the twelfth book